welcome to the second season of our triune pod we are still preparing you to praise join me the reverend nick comiskey and the reverend bendy hart for a conversation about low-key theology lived experience and often unrelated pop culture as we break down one of the psalms we hope it's an inspiring maybe a bit irreverent but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some god time back to our triune pod nick what you been watching lately oh wow we're just jumping right in Come on, um it's not wasting any time what have i been watching you know i've been watching the um the uh the joe rogan of prestige tv yellowstone have you seen, <laughs> have, you seen have you ever I've seen never heard it called that but no is it good um it's very masculine i i oh. don't i don't know if it's good i know i really like it um, okay it just, yeah, it, I mean, it is, it is, it's kind of shocking if you live in like the media echo chamber that I live in. It's like, I, this is like, it, I mean, honestly, it is just so masculine. I mean, every, every main character is a male except for the main female character who is drinking, smoking, or engaging in inappropriate activity in every single scene. Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I mean, she's the, the female main character is the most, guy care it's it's crazy but um it just checks you know <laughs> i was gonna say it checks all my boxes i mean it just you know it's beautiful slip that was a slip it's the, true uh, the uh the scenery is so beautiful and i have a very my mom is still a like just worships at the altar of kevin costner so i just grew up watching mm, a ton kind of, of kevin costner movies like yeah but like you know like um, late eighties, early nineties, like the untouchables, Robin hood, field mm-hmm. of dreams, tin cup, uh, water world. Like I just, I love all those movies. They're all <laughs> different bull Durham. So I think it's just like seeing, uh, seeing Kevin up there, just owning, owning all the libs is just incredible, man. I, I, it is, it, I, I, it's not objective. I love every second of it. Uh, I mean, I'm on like, I'm like seven episodes in. So um yeah, I'm, but I'm I'm just kind of buying real estate, just a little condo, and I've moved into the Sheridan verse, man. You know, I watched Mayor of Kingstown, and it blew my mind. That is literally the craziest show I've ever seen on television. Yellowstone isn't that wild, but it's pretty great. A friend, friend of the pod, Adrian Truscus, who was on not that long ago, a mutual friend of ours told us that Yellowstone is the new Game of Thrones, to which we're like, what are you talking about? How could it be that? But now that you you say that, the masculine just kind of, yeah. I guess people said that about Game of Thrones, but but Adrian was not, I mean, he it was funny. He was like, I am not impressed by this. This is nothing like Game of Thrones. But in the next paragraph of his Instagram story, he said, well, the writing's writing's pretty well done yeah i mean it's It's, apples and oranges i mean it's about a ranch well dude this is what's crazy about the show is like it's about a white rich dude who owns a bunch of land who's trying to keep it from indigenous peoples 
And I'm like, are we supposed to root for this guy? Like you kind of are rooting for this guy, but yeah, I mean, there's no, like, it's just, that's apples and oranges, man. I mean, it's not like a blockbuster movie. It's a, it's not like Game of Thrones is, you know, it's a television show. It must be doing well because there's already a Yellowstone spinoff. So, uh, oh yeah, no, it's, 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 I mean, it's dude, that's why I'm saying it's like Joe Rogan. It's like the thing that no one wants to talk about, but it's just very true, which is like, I like this masculine energy, (laughs) you know, like it's just really popular. 300 million people are watching exactly um, right, what yeah. are you man i've been i've been going on and on. no 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 so i uh i re- recently watched for the very first time donnie brasco oh. with um johnny depp and al pacino also and, also uh, very masculine it is <laughs> yeah, yeah make our its way into our title for today um but phenomenal <laughs> movie i think i i think i had mistakenly heard that it wasn't as good as like the good fellows godfathers etc and i guess like yeah comparing is, it to that that is hard. true yeah yeah um but i thought it was it was wonderful it was it was kind of nice to see al pacino is not the boss man he's not the don he's kind of this ordinary guy working in this gang and he's he's not really reaching his full potential he's not really getting there so you see another side of al pacino and yet it's still him it's still like that yeah. kind of mafia it's everything we like about how you know <laughs> extra legal activities are taking place and yet uh, there's such a familial, like, I will go down with you. If you go down, you are my brother. You are now part of the fold and there's nothing you can do <laughs> unless you betray us and <laughs> from which we'll kill you. But uh, otherwise uh, I'll take a bullet for you. Can I give you another like mid nineties? Speaking of Al- masculine energy. <laughs> can I give you another mid nineties Al Pacino wreck? Have you Eat? seen, have you seen Carlito's way? The Brian De Palma movie? I don't think so. Yeah. Is it really good? It's really good. And Sean Penn is an energy. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, you got <laughs> if you like if you like the two minutes of Sean Penn in uh, Licorice Pizza, you are gonna feast in the house of Carlitos away. It's really, Love really it. good. Yeah. Love it. So all right. Well, let's go to the psalm. And a recommendation, of course, goes out to Licorice Pizza. If you've not heard that, I don't think we've talked about that one yet. So Psalm 37, and we're going to jump around a little bit. We're going to read the first 12 verses and then the last two. goes like this. Do not fret yourself because of evildoers. Do not be jealous of those who do wrong, for they shall soon wither like the grass and like the green grass fade away. Put your trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on its riches. Take delight in the Lord and he shall give you your heart's desire. Commit your way to the Lord and put your trust in him, and he will bring it to pass. He will make your righteousness as clear as the light and your just dealing as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret yourself over the one who prospers, the one who succeeds in evil schemes. Refrain from anger. Leave rage alone. Do not fret yourself. It leads only to evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait upon the Lord shall possess the land. In a little while, the wicked shall be no more. You shall search out their place, but they will not be there. But the lowly shall possess the land. They will delight in abundance of peace. But the deliverance of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord will help them and rescue them. He will rescue them from the wicked and deliver them because they seek refuge in him. All right, Nick, take it away. Well, Benjamin, uh, this psalm for the seventh Sunday after Epiphany, I think it is addressing um, a 
bewildering incongruence between faith and experience. I think that's what the psalm is. I, I stole that line from a commentator. Uh, I think the idea that we are uh, asked to consider here, or, or yeah, a better way to put that is like the posture we inhabit by praying this psalm is someone who is trying to live God's way. It's trying to do their best. And they look to their left and they look to their right and they see chads buying boats with crypto money. You know, like, I think it's that idea that there are people who um, are uh, evildoers who are thriving, right? You know, who are, who are prospering, who are succeeding in their evil schemes. I learned this very um, uh, uh, pretentious sounding phrase, uh, perseverative cognition have you are you familiar with this term perseverative i think i'm saying that right i am not it's yeah it's this um it's this term it's a psychological term as you might expect for continually thinking about negative events and in the psalm the our translation uses that phrase uh, fret and i think that's a very like evocative term you're just like mm -hmm. you're watching this videotape of real and imagined people who are not doing right not doing good and are succeeding and for you know god is on the side of those who do good i think that's a fair summation of old testament moral theology god is able to judge those who do not do well and when you see those two things being incongruent it creates this perseverative cognition where you're just continually like what's happening what's happening what's happening and i think what this psalm is saying is negatively at least at the outset is do not fret do not be jealous. Do not fret yourself over the one who prospers, the one who succeeds in their evil schemes. Refrain from anger. Leave rage alone. Do not fret yourself. It leads only to evil. And we can nuance this a bit, you know, in light of the gospel. But I think this, you know, the basic moral teaching of do not become what you hate. You know, if you see people that you perceive to be in the wrong, maybe you're wrong, maybe you're wrong, but that you perceive them to be disavowing God and his ways, like do not become that which you dislike, you know, by, by being the very thing, by being filled with jealousy and incrimination and anger. And so I don't know, yeah, what do you, what do you make a perseverative uh, cognition, Ben? What kind of videotapes do you watch? Well, I think it's, uh, this is actually, there are other Psalms like this, but it's the perfect follow-up to what we read last week with Psalm 1 with that dichotomy between the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. And in that dichotomy, again, which kicks off the Psalter, uh, you know, the way of the wicked shall perish. And yet here we have the very next week, what about when the wicked prosper? Uh, how do we make sense of that? Which is exactly what you're saying. There's this kind of uh, dissonance here. Um, and it, what's interesting is, I mean, sometimes I don't know what to make of the folks who are like, well, in the Old Testament, they have very little to no sense of the afterlife. Um, and there is, I, I do think the emphasis here is on this life in the here and now, that the wicked shall be no more. And you, know, you the lowly will possess the land. But there does seem to be, you know, maybe this is bringing a little too much of the New Testament into it, but like <laughs> if, if there's not an afterlife, uh, on the one hand, it seems like, well, come on, Lord, uh, do what you promised. But two, I do, I do think there is kind of a, I mean, I hate to use the word, but like a spiritual side of uh, there is, and it's kind of a cliche and I hate it. And yet it, I think it's true, but there is a blessedness to, you know, delighting 
in the Lord, trusting in him and doing the next right thing, as we talked about so many weeks ago, that that has its own delights. But it's really easy to, when you look to the left and the right, and you see that person who's wicked, you know, on their you know fourth yacht or whatever, to be like, man, I, you know, do I need to doubt my faith or like, doesn't seem like he's suffering. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think there is that, I think there's that basic interpretive question of do you, how much do you read the kind of promises of blessedness to be kind of on the eschatological horizon or do you take it? And I think it's like, I think a lot of biblical scholars would say like, well, I think what the, 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 the promise, the good, the goodness uh, promise in the Psalm is like a, this worldly you know, dwell, like I was dwell in the land and feed on its riches. The second half of verse three, um, you know, Ellen Davis, the great Hebrew commentator, she translates feed on its riches as a graze on faith, which is such a great metaphor. It's like um, dwell in the land and graze on faith as if to say, not like my food to do is the will of one who sent me, but more like, no, your, your faithfulness, your good living does produce its own kind of reward in some ways. Ooh. And it might not have the material you know, we, I mean, I already demonstrated, you know, we interpret this through the language of like, not the language, but through the, we live in a market-driven economy, you know? So like, we are always thinking about the way that disposable income allows you to buy stuff you don't need. That's not exactly what they were thinking about here, right? Obviously the, you know, classes speak anachronistically were much more fixed, you know, like you just, you couldn't, improve your station in the marketplace. But I think the way, but that's how the world that we live in. And I think there is, I think there is perhaps an application of this Psalm that is kind of a, you don't, as, as trite as this sounds, you know, you don't need the nicest possible stuff to dwell in the land and, and you can graze on faith. Like you can enjoy even a measure of simplicity in your manner of life, when you are in reconciled to God in Jesus Christ, there is like a, a blessedness that comes from that. Like, um, you know, I've been reading, I think I've mentioned this on the pod, like we, with this group, we're reading infinite jest and, um, it is, you know, infinite jest was written, like in the, was published in the mid nineties, you know? And like, if you think about culture, popular culture, in the like generation X, basically popular culture, it was so much more anti-corporate than stuff. It, like this, think about the Simpsons in like the nineties, you know, like peak Simpsons, like all, all they were doing was criticizing, you know, ironically, of course, corporate media and corporate profits. Like, I, I feel like I'm going to sound like an old man here. I feel like we've kind of lost that, you know, we like, totally have. We're so enamored with like IP and Marvel that we've kind of forgotten the fact that like these are are like Apple, like the way we just have this uncomplicated Our favorite brand love of Apple. It's like somehow it's like transgressive, huge yeah. multinational corporation that's just trying to take all your possible money away from you. Like that's literally what it's designed. For. It's not trying to make the world beautiful. It's trying to take your money. And I, and, I, and so I've gone down, I know this is like, this, In your is info. Even, this is even more like masculine, but I've just, I've gone on this deep David Foster Wallace, like rabbit hole, like just watching all these YouTube interviews, like late at night. And, you know, I'm sure he's hypocritical, like we all are, but he, it's, there's just like very clear, like, dare I say, prophetic, like anti-corporate thing that I'm like, dude, I want to swim in this water a little more, you know, like it's pretty amazing. And so I'm definitely reading that into the, into this Psalm, obviously, but just this, yeah. this, yeah, this the delight in the Lord and he shall give you your heart's desire. Like, 
and maybe your heart's desire isn't immaterial. Like maybe it is a, you know, a home and a decent car or I don't know, but like, Wi-Fi. yeah, like, but that you can live a materially good enough life. And that's one of the blessings of, of, you know, worshiping the God of Abraham, yeah. Isaac and Jacob. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of rambling right. here, but I got a question for you. I got a question yeah. for you. Who, who are the wicked here in this text? Are they, are they fellow Israelites or are they outsiders? Um, I, I mean, I, I would assume that immediately in view are, are Israelites, Insiders, right? It, yeah, it yeah. seems, which yeah. you know, I, I find interesting here, uh, just in like, these aren't people out there. This is like the family, right? This is yep. fretting over uh, those who are like us or, or are us and who are, <laughs> are prospering because they're not uh, doing good things. I, I, I find that interesting just because yeah, to talk about family, to go back to where we started with, you know, <laughs> Donnie Brasco and uh, family. And um, here it's, um, there's definitely not that like, well, I'll do anything for you because you're a brother. It's, uh, yeah, some, sometimes it's the, the, the family who are, uh, yeah, who are the wicked, who are, yeah. There's this Old Testament story. It's in um, First Kings. 20, yeah, here I go. I'm going deep. First Kings 21, uh, one through 16, Naboth's vineyard. Um, and this, this, uh, yeah, it's, it has to do with, um, unjust practices related to land and people who have lost their, their literal land, like their property because of landowners. And, you know, we can relate that to, uh, to Yellowstone for sure. But so I think it is, I think it is addressing the kind of inside the house of Israel. It's not looking at, than evil people out there. But I, I think it, you know, I think the enabling word in this text is, you know, the Lord will help and rescue them. He will rescue them from the wicked and deliver them. What kind of deliverance is on view here? I don't think it's necessarily a, a tearing down of all the unjust social practices necessarily. I think it's a deliverance from that perseverative cognition, you know, I think it's a peace, a peacefulness in your soul that allows you to not fret, to not be jealous and to trust in God's ultimate reckoning. I mean, that's, that's on the horizon, whether that's in this Psalm or not, you know, in the Bible, there is this great reckoning that is coming, but it's not for us to do that. You know, we are way too mired in our own hypocrisy to be uh, trustworthy agents of that kind of uh, social re-engineering but i think there is i think for the people of god that can be marked by this peaceableness you know this not fretting you know that, yeah. that's that's good news to me because yeah i mean of course it's it mentions here the great leveling that'll take place but the emphasis is i mean if you're doing your inductive you know bible study that that word fret or whatever that word is in your translation is over and over the emphasis seems to be on on you on the, the one who's anxious about who's looking to the left and the right, uh, being content, taking delight in the Lord, him giving you the desire of your heart, where you are in your station, um, or maybe even just noticing the things that we should be thankful for that have been there all along and we've just haven't seen them there. Um, yeah. That's and good. I think, I mean, you know, if there's anything that we can learn from, I think our, uh, uh, our, our therapist friends, it's that, you know, that, practicing thankfulness actually has been demonstrated, Lisa, like led to an actual, 
not exactly like I'm thankful for everything, but I'm being more thankful. Ben, could so. I could I ask you like a pretty serious question? Do you keep a uh, a gratitude journal? I I've tried to different times. I am the worst man. I I've never been a good journaler. You though, you have always been a good journaler. I've been a you good and journal. those moleskins back in college. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I mowed through them. <laughs> I remember like on multiple occasions going to the store with Nick and he was buying another moleskin. Oh my gosh. Finish. That's like how, you know, dedicated he is. Uh, I hate the image of myself that gets portrayed on, I'm said David Foster watching, David Foster Wallace <laughs> reading moleskin journaling, twee, soy boy. All right. Um, Psalm 37. Do not fret yourself because of evildoers. Do not be jealous of those who do wrong, for they shall soon wither like the grass and like the green grass fade away. Put your trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on its riches. Take delight in the Lord and he shall give you your heart's desire. Commit your way to the Lord and put your trust in him and he will bring it to pass. He will make your righteousness as clear as the light and you're just dealing as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret yourself over the one who prospers, the one who succeeds in evil schemes. Refrain from anger, leave rage alone. Do not fret yourself, it leads only to evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait upon the Lord shall possess the land. In a little while, the wicked shall be no more. You shall search out their place, but they will not be there but the lowly shall possess the land. They will delight in abundance of peace. But the deliverance of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord will help them and rescue them. He will rescue them from the wicked and deliver them because they seek refuge in him. How about that episode of Our Trying Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your absolute favorite podcast.